Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello, everyone. This is Kevin Daisy with the Managing Partners Podcast. I'll be your host. And today, I brought you a really cool guest. We're going to learn about cash and other things uh, for your law firm. I got Leah Miller here. So, Leah, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's good to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, excellent. So, yeah, we connected through LinkedIn, uh, had some chats, and just really was interested, you know, what she's doing to help law firms. And she's got a cool background. She's been in the trenches. So, hear a little bit about her story, but then we're going to get into some conversations about your books, cash flow, and what that all means, how that can help you set goals and grow your firm. So, so stay tuned. We're going to get into some cool conversations. So, as always, I like to, you know, find out your background, your history, so we can kind of see where you come from, and then we'll get into a little bit about what you're doing now. So I started as a paralegal 12, 13 years ago, and my goal one day was to manage a law firm. And I figured, you know, I'd be like old in my 40s or something, which doesn't seem old anymore. But at the time, it seemed really far off. And through hard work and right place, right time, I actually was promoted to law firm administrator, manager of a personal injury law firm when I was only 26 years old. And so you know, I reached the goal fast and I went on and got my bachelor's degree and my MBA. And my role at that firm really evolved to CFO, firm administrator, person that did all the things in the firm. It was a personal injury law firm. And I loved it. And like I said, that was the goal. Like that was the end goal. But I'm a driven person who wants to keep doing more and more. And so I was going to do bookkeeping on the side just for fun. And so I started doing that. Last year, it's actually February 2023 is when I started my company. And so it was just going to be a part-time thing for a while. And I saw a really big need in the law firm community for somebody that can give guidance, financial guidance to law firm owners. And so my business kind of took off um, quicker than I thought. I was doing bookkeeping and fractional CFO services and just a lot of financial consulting for mostly law firm owners. And so May of 2023, I was able to go full-time with my business and left my firm administrator CFO job at the personal injury firm. Also because I had a long commute, it was about an hour commute and I have three kids. So it just wasn't working. That wasn't working anymore. (laughs) And so I saw an opportunity to create a life that would really complement, you know, my professional life and my personal life could really complement each other with what I'm doing now. And so I went full-time in May and things have been great. I've, you know, I have a goal to reach as many law firm owners as I can to just help them feel more confident in their financials. And I'm doing that through the fractional CFO services and bookkeeping services for law firms. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I think what's interesting too is, um, well, with with your background, so you, you were there in the trenches, running a firm, doing all the things that you're basically applying to your business, which you saw a need for. So you, you know, you're not just this coach out there or this person that's like talking about this stuff, like you've done it and now you're able to do that for others. Um, so I, I really like that background because there's just so many people out there that, that tout they do it, but they've never actually done it for a firm or been inside the firm to do it. So, so I think that's, that's a big plus right there. Yeah. 
financials in a law firm are so unique and they're different than mm -hmm. other industries. And so, yes, I have the education in the background for the financial part because I do have my MBA, but I know the unique situation in a law firm, especially contingency fee law firm, because that's what I worked in for years. So, mm -hmm. you know, with contingency fee firms, you have some months that are really, really, really good. And you're like high on the mountain and making all this money and everything feels great. And then the next month, it can be the complete opposite where you're like down at the bottom. Are we going to make payroll? What's going on? And even not in a contingency fee firm, you know, there's, I always explain, I do some work with a landscaping company. And so like, if they're having cash flow issues, they can go out and kind of hustle some jobs this week and get that cash in quick. Mm -hmm. Whereas a law firm, especially contingency fee firm, you have a client that you sign up today, you're not going to see any cash flow from that for six to 18 months. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I can use my experience in that environment with my financial, you know, education and background to kind of put it together um, and really help law firm owners understand all of that. Yeah, excellent. No, that's, that's a good point. And just a side tangent here is, uh, Everyone listening, especially a lot of my attorneys that I see tuning in often, we're all business owners. I own businesses. You all own businesses. You're running your law firms. So welcome her to the party and um, <laughs> entrepreneurship, right? Running your own business. And Well, one of the things you were saying in the beginning there was you got all this experience. You got thrown in really quick. You reached your pinnacle that you thought, and then you're like, wait a minute. There's this other peak over here, this other mountaintop. And- and then you also have needs and wants and family and things that you're wanting to do. So, and that's what entrepreneurship is all about is whether you want to just do it your own way and go on your own, risk everything, or you want more time or you want to be home, whatever it may be, you have the opportunity as an entrepreneur to control that to some degree. If you're doing things right, if you're listening to the right people, reading books, supplying these systems, cash flow, your books. Uh, the ones that do these things and apply what they're hearing on this show or books or anywhere are the ones that are actually controlling their outcome versus I run a business and it's just, it runs me. And, and there's a lot of lawyers that are in that spot for sure. So, yeah, that's the need that I saw with law firm owners is just having goals and taking this step to like make the strategic decisions with your finances and like, move towards those goals instead of just, is there cash in the bank? Are we doing good this week? Yes, we're yeah. successful. And a lot of law firm owners, they do they do really well like that. But I feel like you can reach that next level if you kind of use that business, you know, acumen to make those decisions and move towards those goals. And so that's what I really like to help with. So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this was recent. I can't remember who I was talking to, but that doesn't matter for this point. You know, what, what's your growth goal? What is your goal next year? I had to grow by 10%. And that was their year every day, like always just 10% every year. And it was like, you know, well, okay, well, do you break down like how you're going to do that? And they, I don't know. They don't really don't know. There's just, well, it would be nice to be 10% every year. And that's what we're looking at. And so they don't have, if you don't have a plan to get there or financials or a budget, or you know, are you going to hire another attorney? Does it, what does it require? And how are you going to get 10%? And Honestly, like for my company, like our books were always improving our books and our PL and more detail, more detail, more every time we look at them, it's more detail. We add this, do that. And you know, how you price your services, your products, are you profitable? 
the more information you have for what your people are doing, what they're working on, the time they're spending, what they cost. I mean, you have to have all this information to be like, okay, well, now we know what all this is. Now I can actually create a budget. What's my yeah. marketing budget? Advertising budget. Can I hire another uh, paralegal or uh, office administrator? All these things. And so it, it really comes back to what you do and how you help uh, before you can make any of those decisions. Yeah. So. And that's what, you know, when I'm working with clients, I always start with what's your goal? Because, and what does that goal mean to you? So mm -hmm. I want to raise, you know, my profit by 10% or, you know, my revenue by 10%. And that's great. But what does that mean for you? What is that going to do for you? What's the bigger goal there? But then mm -hmm. we can kind of work backwards from that goal. So, you know, it's beginning of the year. I've been having a lot of conversations about revenue goals for the year. And, you know, I have a client say, I want to reach $2 million this year. And so we look at one historical data of like how much each case or client brings in and also like what they have coming. And I break it down and I say, okay, to reach that, you need to close 20 clients a month. And they're like, oh, but right now I'm only doing 10 clients. And it's like, okay, so what it, that's what you have to work towards. What does that mean as far as do we need to increase our marketing and our advertising budget so that we can bring in more leads? Because you're going to need more leads than just 10 a month. You're going to need more than that because you don't close all the leads. Do you have enough staff to work those extra cases a month? So do we need to hire a paralegal? Do we need to hire an associate attorney? What does that look like? And what does that balance look like? Because you don't want to spend too much on advertising and not be able to handle the cases coming in. But you also don't want your staff to be sitting around waiting for cases to come in. So there's a balance there. And I think that really comes down to looking at the financials often, which I've um, historically, I don't know that some a lot of business owners, not just law firm owners either, it's just business owners in general, they just don't look at the financials enough to make those changes and make those strategic decisions. And so that they can reach those goals, they're just maybe reaching the goal at the end of the year, maybe not. And so I think if you're looking at the financials and really spending time on that, that's what's going to get you to those goals. Hey there, this is Kevin Daisy, your host and founder of Array Digital. If you're tired of wasting money with agencies that just can't get it done, then please check out my law firm, Digital Marketing Agency at ArrayDigital.com. If you contact us there, you'll be sure to line up a meeting with me where we'll walk through your exact situation and come up with a plan for what you can do to improve your marketing results. I look forward to talking to you. Now back to the show. Yeah, 100%. And so one of the things you said there in the beginning, which I just had a great conversation. I had Ben Glass, or I'm sorry, Ben Glass's son, Brian, Brian Glass, which they're both just amazing. And um, his whole thing was every year then they set their goals is what does that mean to me and what does that look like to me in a year if i hit that goal is it really going to change my life or the firm or is it just some goal i pulled out of thin air like so what is 10 percent if that's the goal what would that what was your life or your firm or your people how would that change or affect all that and is it something you really want to go after because it might just be some goal oh it's january 1st let me pick a couple goals and you know what does it really mean to you right like i'm gonna work out and we lose weight okay well you know is it there can you measure that what would it really mean to you and and put some passion behind it like this would be change my life 
years to come? You know, what is what is it going to mean for you? So I think really establishing those goals and, and really understanding, is it something I really want to accomplish? Because if it is, then you'll have a lot more likelihood that you're going to reach it. I also think once you break it down, like you said, like, I really want to do 2 million. Well, you got to double everything you're doing. At least you understand the effort and the challenges ahead versus, you know, oh, I thought it'd be like easier than that. I only got halfway there, you know? Well, and I have a lot of clients and, and I talk sometimes about like people be like, what's the industry benchmark? Like what, how much should I spend on advertising? How much should I spend on wages? How much should I spend on this? And going back to the goals, my clients have all different kinds of goals. I have a client who told me I need to make this much money this a year and I want to work less hours, which means I'm going to need to hire more associates, more people to do the work. So that wage percentage is going to be a little bit higher for that firm. And the net profit might be a little bit lower, but that's that law firm owner creating a life that they want to live. Whereas I have others that are, you know, they want to reach $3 million because they have, you know, goals of giving back or financial goals for their family and things like that. And they don't mind working 40 hours a week, more than 40 hours a week. Like they're really invested in the time that they can give. So they may not need as much of, you know, help doing the work. And so they can spend a little bit more on advertising or like everybody's so different in their goals that yes, there's industry benchmarks and we talk about it and I'll say, your wages are really high. We need to talk about this. There's an issue here. But at the end of the day, everybody's goal is different and that's what's most important. And as entrepreneurs, we all have different goals that we want to reach. And so we're all going to have different paths financially that we're going to reach. So that's why it helps having somebody on the outside who can say, you know, we really need to talk about what you're spending here, or maybe you should spend a little bit more money here. And if you want to reach these goals, you're going to have to make a change and you can't just keep doing it the way you've always done it. Yeah, I like that a lot. And so, you know, what you're saying is there's not a one size fits all. It's like, here's my program and you just squeeze into it. It's, it's customized. It's conversation. It's what do you want to get out of this? And, you know, same thing we do for, for marketing. Like I have firms that do this all the time to me. Hey, are you working with anyone else in my town? Because if so, I'm not going to talk to you because we're just compete. How can you get someone to show up when you have another client that you're working with? So am I, here's the typical answer is that firms are so wildly different, no matter what they think they may, Oh, they're the same as me. And we compete on everything. They have different goals. They have different clientele that they want to work with. Some want low end criminal defense. Just, I want the, the volume. And then other ones are like, well, I want 5 million net worth estate planning clientele. And so they're, if they all talk to each other, they'd realize that they're really not going after the same client. Their brand's different. Their sales pitch, their whatever is different. And so that's going to depend on what kind of clients they get and what kind of leads that they come have, you know, you know, come through the door. So it's very different. And so I think it's great to have those conversations and to figure those things out and to take that owner back a bit so they can kind of see that because I feel like most of them don't know they're just working. They assume they just work and grind and, and kind of those things will find them their way. And then they end up 30 years later going, crap, this is not really, <laughs> this is not what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to, you know, there's some firms that their focus is on volume 
which is a great business model. It works for a lot of people. And so they're trying to get in as much volume as possible. And so their expenses are going to look different than the firms that are, you know, looking at value. And so they're referring out a lot of their, you know, smaller cases, and they're just taking on the bigger cases. And not only do the expenses look different, but the budgeting and the cash flow forecasts and the way that they spend money is going to be different. Because if you have that value model, you're settling half the amount of cases or double the money, but you don't have that constant influx of cash. Whereas with the volume model, you're settling a lot of cases, you're settling cases every day, and you've got a constant cash flow coming in. And Mm -hmm. so the planning looks different. And that goes back to everybody has different goals. And everybody wants to help different people. I say all the time, you know, I'm a open book when it when it comes to helping others who are in the bookkeeping or fractional CFO world. And I'll tell everybody like how I do things. Because when I have a capacity, I can only help so many clients um, without scaling, you know, my business bigger. And two, I'm not the right fit for everybody either. You know, I have a personality and the way that I work with people and somebody else is going to have a different personality. And so there's, I like the idea of the abundance mindset in entrepreneurship where there is plenty of business, especially in the financial world. Like there are so many small businesses that need fractional CFO help and bookkeeping help. And so like you can have that abundance mindset and just help other people because there's certain clients that fit with certain people. So amen to that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We fired clients here uh, that pay us very well. Not everyone's a fit and that's fine. And I, I, I love the abundance mindset. I prescribe to that myself and there's, there's plenty of work, plenty of firms, plenty of people to help. And the ones that want to be helped and want to work with you. Right. And so it's not worth, you know, just sign up everybody you can just have, well, my team would be stressed out or leaving if I signed certain clients. So, so yeah, you gotta, you gotta be picky. Yeah. That's a mindset shift that I've navigated. And I feel like I can now help my clients navigate because obviously in the beginning, it's like, you do like you want everybody because you need to survive. It's hard. Being a business owner is hard, but that's when the planning comes in. And so you're not taking clients and cases that don't match with you. When you have a plan and a budget and your financials are in order, you can be a little bit more picky and you can do the work that really means something to you and that means something to your staff or your team because, you know, you want them to be happy too. And you don't want to have to just be taking, you know, people that don't fit as clients because you need to make payroll next week. And so, you know, having a financial plan really, it helps in all different areas as an entrepreneur in your business. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, uh, we, we fired, we let go clients. We just fire maybe the wrong, some we fired because they, they might've been like mean to my staff or something like that, but, but still, I mean, it sends a message. Hey, we told that client to they're better fit somewhere else. And the team's like, oh, thank God. You know, <laughs> like, um, it, and it's just, <laughs> that's a hard thing to do. It took me forever to kind of get to that point where I'm like, we're going to say no to a business. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, that's a turning point, right? When you can do that yep. and say, Hey, we're not the best fit or Hey, your case, what you're looking for, there's a firm down the street. We'll happy to refer you to them. And you know, that's, I, I think that's a big step when you can get to that point. And it sounds like you're, you're way ahead with your new business. 
<laughs> one of the things that we talked about, uh, we talked the, uh, the other day, and I thought one of the things too that was interesting is like when looking at marketing, advertising, or spending money on anything really for your business, the firm that you might be running, and you have a budget and you have cash and you have these things, you know, we like to hold on to cash and have all these coffers and, and not spend, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're worried and we're just building it up and, and we don't have really, it's not going to work for us, right? And so I thought it was interesting because you're like, well, if you say, hey, you, you have this, you need to spend it versus we let's hold on to it. And so maybe talk about a little bit, you know, if you've allotted for this amount to be spent, personally marketing, advertising, maybe it's a staff that we need to be spending that if we're trying to hit these goals and we're trying to, to re, you know, grow our, yeah. our firms. So a lot of times, you know, I'm, I post a lot on LinkedIn and that's where we met. And so a lot of times I'm talking about like problems and we have cash flow problems and we need to save money and all of that. But a lot of times my clients are people who need to spend more money. So they're not, they don't have a cash flow problem. They don't have an expense problem, but they have big goals. And to reach those goals, you have to, everybody says you have to spend money to make money. And so- (laughs) You know, there are people who are conservative and they don't want to spend that money because they're worried about cash flow and making payroll. And so I think with a good plan and a good budget, you can feel good and confident about spending that money. I say a lot of times I think the financials in a business are often ignored because people don't all the way understand them and they're not comfortable with them. And so when I am working with clients, or with anybody, I'll talk, you know, I talk to people in DMs on LinkedIn all the time. I come from a place of education where people can understand the why behind something. So I don't just give you a budget or cash flow forecast and say, you need to spend this and do this and not do this. And that's it. I say like, these are our options. This is what we can do. These are like, these could be the outcomes of these decisions. And I try to partner with my clients so that they understand why, understand the financials of it, and make then they can make those decisions to spend with confidence. And yeah. so, you know, it gets to the point, not that I ever want them to not need me, but it gets to the point where they can look at a cash flow forecast that I put together for them and be like, oh, you know, we we are gonna have a couple of good months here and we have a little bit of this extra money. I think it's time that we spend it. I think it's time that we hire this new associate, you know, and it's a good time for us to do that. And if we want to grow, we are going to need to spend this money. And so that's why I am big on education and partnering, partnering with my clients so that they understand and feel confident in their financials and aren't just going along for the ride. No. So I think in order to reinvest and spend, you, if you don't understand the financials or don't have a handle on it or don't want to look at them, then yeah, you go to, well, let's just save as much as we can, right? But you're not educated on, on the financials uh, enough yeah. to be able to spend. I know for, so I, I, we have three, three companies that we run and we have a new, um, one of us just a few years old, a Ray has been around for a long time. So we, we started these other companies and you know, we're not new at it. So we're like, okay, we let's do this better this way, whatever. And so and for us, like the beginning of the year, we had a, uh, or it was last year, I believe. We're like, all right, what if we've took a uh, extra $100,000 and we're going to do, how do we grow this a little faster than it's growing now? 
And so we looked at what we can budget for. So we're like, okay, let's it was either 100, 150,000, something like that for the year, right? That, and we built a plan. All right, how can we take this money that we're budgeted to spend like right immediately to push into that business, which again was a fairly newer business. And so we, we came up with a plan. We, we used that budget up completely in a plan. We all signed off on it together. And then that's been put into action. And now we're tracking to see, okay, what is the effects of that? Is it meeting our goal that we, we projected? And so that to me was one of the coolest things we've done. And that company's over 2 million in revenue now, but, and that plans way exceeded where we, we hoped we were going to be. And we still haven't got to the, the, the year of that starting. So, but again, we knew how much we could just inject immediately to put to work early in the year. And then kind of see how that outcome was versus, well, it's growing naturally by itself. So let's just kind of ride the wave. You know? Yeah. And I think for like real growth, you have to, you know, take those risks sometimes and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with taking risks. I'm okay with spending money. Like a lot of times people kind of, they like feel bad. They don't want to tell me they're spending money or that they want to spend money. Like I'm going to judge them. I'm like, I don't judge you at all. You spend money on whatever you want to spend on. Like, I don't care if it doesn't make sense, but you have the money to spend and it's planned for. I don't care. I just want you to understand it, make a plan for it, and just be strategic and intentional about that spending. And if that's what you're doing, and you know, in your situation, if it crashed and burned and like that didn't work, whatever you spent the hundred thousand on didn't work you had planned to spend that 100,000. You knew that you could lose that 100,000. There could be no ROI on it. At least you knew and it was okay. You still had money to make payroll next week, you know, and that's 100%. fine. And that's what you have to do, I think, to reach big, big growth. And I get it. Um, I'm a little itty bitty entrepreneur right now, but <laughs> I just hired my first, like, you know, couple people to help me with stuff. And it's nerve wracking because you're like, you're going from just worrying about yourself and like you making enough money to now you have to pay these other people that are relying on you. And so it is nerve wracking, but with a plan, it's okay. And like, that's, you know, having, and I think, you know, with the spending money thing and not wanting to spend money, having somebody from the outside in to tell you that it's okay to spend makes a difference because I want to see my clients win but I don't necessarily have the emotional attachment to their money that they do. And it is as an owner, especially if you're like the only owner of a firm and you don't really have anybody to bounce those ideas off of, it's scary to spend that money. I get it. But having an outside person be like, no, it's fine. We have a plan. You'll be fine. Yeah. That's huge. huge. Yeah. You know, I think it's, um, yeah, especially if you're a solo entrepreneur and you don't really have, the group to go talk to or friends or your family, then yeah, that, that's, especially from financial side, that, that's not something you're going to go bring to your friends or people, yeah. uh, unless you're, you know, there are groups out there like uh mastermind groups and tight groups that, you know, you can share some stuff and ideas. And I, I totally encourage that if anyone's not in the group, but I think from the financial side, it's like, you know, having someone that is professional and understands the numbers in the books to be like, yeah, you can go spend this, like, go ahead. Yeah. And even if, you know, some firm owners, they understand it. They have, some firm owners have a business background, but at the end of the day, they don't necessarily need to be spending their time getting into the nitty gritty of all of it. 
Whereas I, you know, get into it and really analyze it. And then I provide it to my clients in an easy to understand, you know, spreadsheet, forecast, whatever it is. And then we can hit the high points of it. And so, and that's what I really do for my clients is, you know, we look at it from a big picture view a lot of times and just hit the high points of things as opposed to, you know, we don't spend hours getting into the nitty gritty unless it's, you know, there's an issue and we need to, but that's what I provide. And so I want to educate the firm owner in the financials, but I don't necessarily expect them to go and categorize transactions in QuickBooks. (laughs) Their time's better spent other places. (laughs) Yeah. uh, My, uh, we get, you know, we define some meetings every month for each company and, you know, we just, we get at the lineups, we get into high level stuff. We don't go into, all right, what was this? $3 $3 charge for, you know, my business partner, he gets all the credit card statements, bank statements, and he goes through that himself, but he, he's, that's what he likes to do. And he's spends the time to do, but that's kind of his role on top of our financial admin and all that other stuff. So yeah. he's just kind of the fun, you know, checks and balances on, on some of that stuff, but, but no, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, run your firm. You shouldn't be getting yeah. in the weeds on that stuff. Just like, yeah, you know, I got clients, they write their own SEO content and they do all that stuff themselves. And, you know, at a young point in your firm, maybe that does make sense because you you know you don't want to hire it out. But at some point, you shouldn't be doing that stuff. Yeah. You know. So profit first. So uh, that's been mentioned on this podcast about a thousand times. <laughs> I just had R. John Robinson. He's uh, partnered with Profit First. Profit First. Profit First for law firms is his new book. Um, I'm pretty sure Brian Glass. I just had on. Uh, I know a lot of people that prescribe to it, but you do too, as yeah. far as I know, right? Yeah, I do. You know, there's a. I always see in the bookkeeping world, people are like, oh, my CPA or bookkeeper didn't like profit first because, you know, all the bank accounts and all that. Everything's automated now in QuickBooks. It's pretty easy. I like it. My biggest pull to it originally was, which I know isn't the you know main reason that people do it, but I see people who get to tax time and don't have the money to pay their taxes. Mm-hmm. And so... Mm-hmm. That terrified me as an entrepreneur because that was a whole new world for me to open up. So that's originally why I started it in my business was everything that came in, I put tax money away. And now that, you know, where it's tax time, I have the money to pay my taxes. And so that was kind of what started it. But then, you know, like having that system as an entrepreneur, especially early on, is great because you know how much, like I said, I just hired two part-time people. I know how much I can spend a month and be completely okay. And so I like, I kept it within that budget. And so, you know, I really like that idea. So you know how much to spend on your expenses. And I like the idea of my clients taking profit. I want my clients to make money. I don't want them, you know, yes, you have to put some back into the business and you have to spend money to make money. But at the end of the day, What's the point of that grind all day, every day for years and years, if you're not even taking any of the money and enjoying it? And so I love the whole idea of it and of taking your profit and being profitable and staying within that budget. It just makes sense, especially from a cash flow standpoint to do it. And so I, a lot of my clients are already on it. I love it. I am a big believer in it. I will talk to them about it. So, um, yeah, I definitely, I think it's a great, great way to do things for your business. Yeah. I'll just add my two cents because we've been doing it for about five years or more profit first. And yeah. So just what you said for one, it, it's just stupid, simple, makes sense. Right. Uh, if you get a hundred dollars, well, that hundred dollars is, and you have a business, right? Business expenses, employees, 
Well, that $100 is not yours, right? So you don't take it home. It's got to go to different places to cover all your bills, expenses, future bills and expenses, taxes. Um, we even have an account for like our business licenses and insurances. Uh, every February, we're like, man, why is our, our P&L like crap this month? And like, oh, well, we had to pay business license and insurance and all at the same time every year. We're like, well, all right, well, why don't we have an account for that? Let's put away a percentage. Now we're covered. And so it's just, when I look at what some of the accounts, I know that's all ours for this. This is all ours for that. This is all our profit that we can take right now. And it has nothing to do with everything else that we're doing. Payroll's good. And it just makes it so easy to just look at it and not have to get into the financials necessarily. But, and then the profit. So I think it's just the, the way it's done is backwards, really. It's like you're taking your profit immediately and putting it in a bucket, right? And so me and my partner do is, you know, hey, we could take all this right now, 100% of it. And we're always pretty conservative. So we're like, well, cool, let's, let's take half and put it back in the business and put it to work. Or we can hire that person we want to hire. Do we really need to take this out? And we can make a decision, take a little bit, celebrate with it, and then put that other money to work. And so, but if we took 100% of it, we know we're good. Yeah. And I think that's the cool thing. And I ran a business for years where I was making less each year. Like I was like, oh, I made 100000 and then I made ninety, And I was like, oh, by the time I was, before I started to read digital, I was like, I, I think I might pay myself $50,000. And I was like, I run a business with like eight employees and like, this is ridiculous. And so I thought I was just reinvesting my money somehow. <laughs> but there was no way to track. Was I reinvesting it or was I just, you know, not making enough to, to pay myself? So It's so this, easy to get down that slippery slope. Oh, it's just a little bit more on this expense or, oh, it's just like this, this expense is going to make our revenue go up. And it's, I've seen it firsthand where it's just easy to get behind on it. And so I'm a big believer of having a firm foundation of what you're going to do, especially with your financials and building it from there. And so that's why I think like profit first is just a good, like foundational way to start your business and just get in that habit of, you don't get the hundred dollars every time, you know? And that's why I get frustrated. And I'm like, everybody knows they have to pay their taxes. You get that hundred dollars. You got to put some of it away. I know we all hate it. Later. Like, Oh, taxes. Uh. Yeah. And I know we all hate it. Nobody wants to pay the taxes, but reality is you have to. So you don't get that hundred dollars. So take the part you should get. If you know, you get 40 of the hundred. Great. That's your profit. Do yeah. it the rest, what it needs to be done with it. And so it just makes sense. And going back to, it forces you to look at your financials all the time. And I yep. think you need to have eyes on your financials. And if you have a bookkeeper or a CPA who's doing your books and you're not getting your financials for this month until the end of next month, you have a problem. And so you yep. really need to like, when I do bookkeeping for clients, I update it weekly because I want them to be able to go into their QuickBooks and run a report and be like, oh, January is looking really bad right now. Maybe we should <laughs> hold off on that big purchase. Or maybe we need to get some more revenue in and make changes mid-month as opposed to two months from now, we're going to make changes to fix whatever went wrong in January. Yeah, you can see what's happening in real time, right? You you can make decisions. Yeah, hey, crank up the advertising spend. You know, or lower it. We've actually got so many cases this month and we don't need to spend this extra or whatever it is. Yeah. It's hard to make decisions with 
information from two or three months ago. So yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah. So anyway, profit first, I always talk about it. Mike McCallowitz, if you're listening, <laughs> you, know, you know, got to speak with him a few times and yeah, just a very simple, basic system, but I think it can help everybody listening if you're not doing it and then yeah. do it personally too. Yeah. You know, right now, if I log in and look at my bank account, my wife, we have a joint account and it's just a checking and most people have one account checking. You have no clue what she's bought, <laughs> spent or paid bills for. Yeah. And so you just see the number and you're like, oh, we got a couple thousand dollars in there. And then you go tomorrow and it's 500 yep. bucks. You know, so it's, um, you can do it personally, you know, maybe not as complex, but restaurant eating out money account. Yeah. Uh, all these things. And, you know, hey, I can go spend $500 on a dinner and I'm cool because it's separate from all the other stuff that we're going to do this month. So I think just I having think- more, more conversations around financials, business and personal is whatever. It's such a taboo subject. And I'm like, <laughs> not taboo. Like, I'm so open My, about I'm it. I'm almost over the, t- I almost am too open about it. Sometimes yeah, I talk same. to friends. <laughs> I talk to friends sometimes. I'm like, I probably didn't need to tell them that or this, but. I don't care. It it needs to be talked about a little bit more and just, especially as business owners, you know, obviously you have to keep a little bit, you know, to yourself, but I even think with your team being as transparent as you can, and obviously there's some things financially you can't share with them, but I think there could be more transparency financially with your team that gives them a sense of ownership and makes them want to do a little bit more and gives them something to like work towards. So I'm big on that also. I totally agree with that. I love that idea. And um, one of the things that we're doing right now is we're getting a little bit more granular with what people are doing in the company, what they're working on. And then it it actually connects to a financial account, like Mm -hmm. in the books. So like SEO, we write content, we do backlinks, we do organic, technical. There's a lot of pieces of SEO. Well, different people in the team work on different things. And so, and different things have different costs. So now when they go fill out their time or do a task, they just tag it with the more granular and then it goes right to our books and automatically we can see, okay, we're profitable by this much on this service, but this one we're a little mm-hmm. tight. So we should probably not hire more in that area or we got to cut our expenses. But we yeah. explain it to the team. Hey, you're helping us as a company be more profitable. We can hire more people to help you out if you wanted to lead people or add people to your team or increase your pay, all those yeah. things, right? If we're financially healthy, the sky's the limit for everyone here. And we can start to work towards your personal goals and your financial goals. And that's got to be all wrapped up in there. And I think, you know, asking each employee, you should ask him, each employee, what is your personal goals? What's your financial goals? And what's your professional goals? And how does my company help you achieve those? Yes. If we're flopping or we're not financially healthy, I can guarantee we're not helping you with any of those. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> yeah. we don't have oh, time. Like we're, we're struggling. We don't have time to focus on whatever you want to do. Yeah. So. No, I agree. I like that. Yeah. So that yeah. So you you have to have this. They have to have some knowledge of the financials. They yes. have to have at least some high level. And so every month we have a meeting. Here's our revenue right now. Here's our you know monthly recurring revenue. Here's our projected AR our annual revenue. Here's how many clients we signed. We lost these clients. Hey, we lost this client and here's the reason. And we make sure that all the good and bad and ugly is is very transparent. Um, so there's no surprises. Like you don't want to work for a company where you're like, I hope they're doing good. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and then you get laid off and you're like, what happened? You know? Yeah. 
Yep. No, I agree. I like that. I think it's important to do that with your team so that they, they want to see the company do better. They actually like look for improvements, even though it might be small, mm-hmm. everyone's trying to, Oh, uh, I got this new piece of software. It's cheaper. It does the same thing. Like what yes. employee is going to do that unless they really care. Right. So, yeah. and I see, I got people I know that then they spend like, oh, I just did this, or I took all these people out to dinner, and I'm like, well, are they any, are they prospects? Nah, but the company just pays for it, so they don't care. And it's just like, wow, you know? So <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of that out there. Yes, so, yes, there is. But you don't want that. So. No. Well, I appreciate the long conversation. We've uh, been talking for 42 minutes, and I want to make sure you have time to get back to your day. So how's the best way people can connect to you? Uh, you know, she's full of knowledge. I know she can help a lot of small firms out. If you have just questions, she's very active on LinkedIn. I see her comment all the time on people's stuff, uh, not even related to what she does. Um, so she likes to weigh in with her opinions and experience. And I think, yeah. you know, what you've been in a firm, ran a firm, you know, way more than just financials. Yeah. So hopefully y'all can connect with her. What's the best way that um, someone can reach out or, so or connect with you? I always invite people to connect with me on LinkedIn just because I do post all the time. I post financial stuff. Not, I don't necessarily coach in the operation standpoint. I know a lot of coaches that do that, but I do have knowledge and I try to post, you know, my thoughts and things about that. Um, I'm very passionate about the paralegal profession as well. And so I post about that some. My website, lnmfinancial.com. You can go there and schedule a free 30 minute consultation. And I can talk to you about, you know, how I can help you. I offer packages for all ranges of revenue. I do bookkeeping. I don't necessarily talk about that too much on LinkedIn, but I do bookkeeping for smaller firms and I do bookkeeping in a way to give you that financial data so that you can make strategic decisions. And I take it beyond just bookkeeping for tax purposes. Um, And so I offer that for my smaller clients. And then the firms that are, you know, pushing towards reaching that seven-figure mark and beyond, those are the ones that I have monthly CFO packages for. Um, and I also have CFO packages, you know, where I can do quarterly and just a one-time thing to kind of get into your financials. Um, so I encourage everybody to schedule a consultation with me so I can talk to you about your needs for your individual firm and goals. Um, and like I said, follow me on LinkedIn or connect with me. If you ever have any questions, I talk to people in DMs all the time about my posts. And I'll jump on and talk to people about, you know, any of that. So my goal is to reach as many law firm owners as I can to just help them feel confident in their finances, whether they're my monthly client or just somebody I, you know, connect with on LinkedIn. I want, I want people to feel confident in their finances. Excellent. I love it. I appreciate you sharing and being open to, to working with anyone and just, you know, having a chat with them. But yeah, lnmfinancial.com at the bottom of your screen if you're on video. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's very, uh, you know, we see eye to eye. Yeah. And I think it's a very important topic for those, especially they don't have a handle on it. And and I, for me, I know that's a lot. That's majority. <laughs> be honest with you. I, I, I know a lot of business owners. And, you know, even though they look to do well, or they'd probably do well, they, they, they're running wild and, and they don't really know what's going on. So yeah. uh, if you need help, reach out to her. If not, reach out to me. You can also comment if you're watching this on LinkedIn or you can comment on this, uh, this episode as well. And we'll, I'll tag her and she can answer any questions you have. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, everyone will have a great day. Thank you for tuning in. 
Profit First, I've recommended it a million times. If you don't know where to start, that's a good place to, to go. And if not, reach out to our guests here. So everyone, have a great day. And Thank we'll you. see you on the next episode. Appreciate it. Bye. Thank you for listening. We have been producing this podcast for years, have had hundreds of guests, and produced hundreds of episodes. We don't ask for much, but I do have one ask. If you find value in this podcast, please share it with one person just like you. The best way to do that is to send them to ArrayDigital.com, where we have a full library of all the episodes that they can sort by practice area and or state. So again, we appreciate you listening and thanks for sharing.